Hey there, future friends! This week we're faster than a speeding bullet, we just need to survive the night, and we can never escape our family. This is the week of August 5th, 2022, and this is Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. I did take a break last week. I just wasn't stoked on the movies. I mean, DC League of Super Pets was the best looking one, and I still don't think that looks very good. Will I end up watching it? Yes. Yes, I will. Let's be honest. I will watch that movie. But taking a week off versus talking about movies that I weren't very stoked about, it wasn't a very hard decision. But this week has some interesting looking films. But before we jump into it, let me tell you what it is I do on this show. If you've never been here before, welcome to Future Flicks with Billiam. I am Billiam, and on this show, I do one thing, and that's tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week. I break them up into two categories. The first is the limited release section. That's any movie that's not getting a nationwide release or coming to a major streaming service that did nothing to catch my eye. Doesn't mean they'll be bad per se. It just means that based on the trailer and what information I have, It just doesn't look like it's worth my time. Next up, we have the wide releases and interesting indies. That's every wide release, no matter how good or bad it looks. Everything coming to a major streaming service. And those indie movies that did catch my eye that made me go, hey, this could be pretty good. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it. I definitely give some thoughts on it, unlike the previous section. And then I give it a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score. That score can go anywhere from a zero for those awful looking films to an 11 for those films that make me oh so excited to watch them. I give you a pick of the week, which I say, hey friend, if you see one movie this week, make sure it's this one. And then I send you along the way to listen to the other great shows you may enjoy. But for now, let's jump into the limited release section with a film called Killian and the Comeback Kids. I could have sworn I talked about this movie before. And that is because, actually, I just looked it up. I did. I talked about this last year, and it's coming to video on demand now. This hit theaters in 20... No, two years ago. This hit theaters in 2020, and it's coming out on VOD now. It's about the guy who's forced to return to his struggling hometown after an expensive college degree. Killian gathers former childhood friends to audition for a music festival coming to their once prosperous steel town. This stars no one of note. The thing about this movie is it does have promise. It could be very good because my wife showed me a movie from a while back called Once and I ended up really liking it. And 100%, if I had seen that trailer on the show, I would have put it in this section too and said, skip it. It doesn't look good. And it ended up being quite good. This gives me the same vibes as Once. But again, that doesn't mean it's going to be good. It could just be worth keeping an eye out. It's just about this guy who... I'm pretty sure he already has a band and then they break up and he wants to go to this music festival. So it's like a folk rock movie. And if you love folk rock, watch this. But right now, based only on the trailer, it's a skip. 
Next up, we have a movie called Tin Can. As the world faces a deadly plague, humanity's hope for a cure lies with a scientist who awakens imprisoned in a metal chamber. She desperately works to escape her confined cell to save the last of humanity. This stars Anna Hopkins from The Expanse and Michael Ironside from Top Gun. This gave me vibes of that movie Pandorum. I had to look up when it's from. It's from 2009 with Dennis Quaid and Ben Foster. It gives me that kind of vibes. That's the feeling I get from this film. But also Pandorum was interesting, but I don't get interesting vibes from this. So uh, maybe skip it. Next up, we have a movie called Cave Rescue. This is one of two movies coming out this week about the, the, the dramatic rescue of the soccer team in Thailand. Do you remember that whole shit? And then Elon Musk went in going, oh, I'm going to save everyone. And then he ended up not doing it and calling some guy a pedophile. It doesn't deal with that. None of these movies deal with that. It's just about the rescue. So you don't have to deal with that BS. And they're both coming out the same week. And this one is a, a limited release. The other one's coming out to a major service. And also it just doesn't look as good. So based on the true nail-biting mission that captivated the world, an international team of elite divers is mobilized to rescue a boy soccer team trapped in a cave by rising floodwaters. This stars no one of note. We have three movies left in the limited section. Let's talk about My Favorite Girlfriend. It tells the story of Conrad and how he meets the girl that's just right. She has multiple personalities though, including Vanessa, Sarah, Silk, and more. This stars Bonnie Piesi from Obi-Wan Kenobi and Tyler Johnson from The Young and the Restless. And is it is this right? Is this okay? I, I just get the feeling that's not. Where we're turning some of multiple personalities into the butt of the joke of a rom-com. I mean, that that's not okay, right? Taking an actual mental illness and then making a movie about it where it doesn't seem like they, at least from the trailer, it doesn't seem like they're taking it all too seriously. But I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong. It could be great representation for people that disorder, and it could just be a trailer that didn't communicate that well. But because of that reason, I am saying skip this 100%. Second to last in the limited section, we have Resurrection. Margaret's life is in order. She is capable, disciplined, and successful. Everything is under control. That is until David returns carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. This stars Rebecca Hall from Vicky Cristina Barcelona and Tim Roth from Pulp Fiction. And, you know, the Marvel movies. He plays uh, Abomination. I forgot the human part of him's name. Most recently seen in Doctor Strange. I like this cast. I do. But the movie just looked boring. So let's move on. And let's wrap up this section with a film called Sharp Stick. This is potentially a nationwide movie. And the reason I say that and still put it in here is because as some of you know, if you've been around the block a bit with me, you know, I use three different websites to find out about all of the movies coming out. And even then, sometimes I still miss some because these websites aren't perfect. And since I'm not a Hollywood insider, I can't get this information for myself. So I have to rely on them. But one website says this is a nationwide release and the other two don't even talk about it. So I'm not sure which one it is, so let's just play it safe, and also because it doesn't even look that good. Sarah Jo is a naive 26-year-old living on the fringes of Hollywood with her mother and sister. She just longs to be seen. When she begins an affair with an older employer, she is thrust into an education on sexuality, loss, and power. 
This stars Christine Froseth from Looking for Alaska, John Bernthal from The Accountant, Scott Speedman from Grey's Anatomy, Eben Moss Backrack from The Punisher, Taylor Page from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Jennifer Jason Lee from The Hateful Eight, and Lena Dunham. Why would anyone let Lena Dunham make a movie? Like, because she has not handled the controversy around her well. From what I understand, she's still canceled due to allegations of abuse, accusations of hypocrisy, like victim shaming for different things. Like, she, she doesn't seem like a good person at all. She seems awful, in fact. So even if this movie looked good, I would 100% skip it because she's involved. It's like apparently Kevin Spacey is making a movie in Italy or something, or I forgot if he was fired from that, but even the thought that someone would consider making a movie with Kevin Spacey is insane. Because there are certain people we just shouldn't support. And I understand that there's more than just one person in a movie. When you're, when you're supporting a movie, you're supporting the rest of the cast, the crew, the writers, people who work at the studio. You're supporting a lot of other people. But at the same time, a line has to be drawn where we're like, hey, we are not going to stand for these people. Like, I wish people would make it more of a statement with that with J.K. Rowling, because a lot of people are now giving up on her, not going to give her any more money, but not enough. So yes, skip sharp stick 100%. Don't even give it a thought. My wife and I are watching Only Murders in the Building Season 2, and Amy Schumer is in it. She likes Amy Schumer. I don't. And I don't like her because of all the allegations of her being terrible to other people, of stealing jokes and then trying to railroad other women whose jokes she stole out of the business and just being a terrible person. Allegedly. Allegedly. To save my butt on this. Like, there are just some people that leave a bad taste in my mouth. And Lena Dunham is definitely one of them. Well, my future friends, let's take our break and we'll come back with the wide releases and interesting indie. So please stay tuned for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. And We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. We're Doing Fine, of course, just had their book club. They read She Who Became the Sun. It was a fantastic book. I loved it. I submitted a question so you can hear my super smart and intelligent question by listening to their latest episode. But let's hear from our friends. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. All right, we're back with the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's talk about the first coming to video on demand and limited theatrical release called I Love My Dad. And I'm going to be honest, I struggled with this one. It started out in the limited section. Then I changed my mind, put it in the wide releases, and then I switched and I switched back. I'm still not sure of it, so I'm just keeping it in the wide releases just in case. 
So let's talk about this. A hopelessly estranged father catfishes his son in an attempt to reconnect. That's right, catfish, which is, as far as I know, always connected to a relationship. This stars Patton Oswalt from The King of Queens. And that one was tough because everyone knows Patton Oswalt, but just what, which one thing do you know him from? Amy Landecker from Transparent, Lil Rel Howery from Get Out, and SNL alumni Rachel Dratched. This could be good, but I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm not going to watch this because it has the potential to be very cringy, and I don't do cringy comedy. I, I hate cringy comedy. I have terrible, just atrocious secondhand embarrassment. It's, it's awful, and it makes me want to shrink up and disappear. That's how bad it can get. Like, I will physically turn away from the TV and hide my face, uh, like plug my ears if it gets bad enough. And I just have the feeling that this movie is going to be chocked full of those, so let's skip that. But for the rest of you, it may be worth it. It looks like an interesting comedy that doesn't look like anything we've really seen before. And I know catfishing has been around for a long time. But I think that's one of the benefits when movies start to catch up to where culture is, is that we do get new things, or we can get a new spin on an old idea because of the incorporation of something like the internet, cell phones, catfishing, 12-year-olds calling you terrible names on video games, you know, stuff like that. So this movie does have that benefit, but um, I'm going to skip it, but let me know if you'd check it out. I Love My Dad personally gets a 5 out of 11. All right, next up, we have a film called Luck. This is coming to Apple TV+. Plus. The curtain is pulled back on the millennia-old battle between the organizations of good luck and bad luck that secretly affect everyday lives. This features the voices of Eva Nobelzada, Simon Pegg, Jane Fonda, Whoopi Goldberg, Flula Borg, Lorel Howery, and John Ratzenberger. You've probably seen an ad for this. I've seen ads for this, and... I am one of those many people who don't watch regular TV and just watch everything on streaming, and I have not been able to escape ads. So this is about this girl who has chronic bad luck until she finds a lucky penny. Then she loses the lucky penny, and this talking cat's like, oh, shit, you lost my penny, and then tries to escape back to the land of luck, and the girl follows him there, and then her bad luck happens to really mess with the land of luck, and then she needs to fix everything or everyone's luck is going to go away. Yeah, right? F***ing weird. This person on TikTok that I admire quite a bit, and he also has a podcast called Geek of the Week, I think it was called? Straw Hat Goofy. Already saw this film and reviewed it. And I, I think I predicted everything. And I think even you all out there listening to this show, all, you know, eight of you or however many this week, but I bet all of you could have watched the trailer and made the same predictions. That it's okay, but just kind of lackluster. Uh, he says that the movie goes really as expected and doesn't really deviate from that. It looks like a lesser Pixar movie, which is probably 100% due to the funds and maybe the technology that Pixar has. But what I see with this, and I think Straha Goofy and probably you too would agree, is that this is really only a movie to watch. If you have a family and you want to watch something that's not going to make you want to tear your hair out or something that's not going to necessarily put you to sleep. If you have kids and you want to watch something harmless, this could very well be it. But for anyone else, for me, for you, if you don't have kids or maybe your kids are older and beyond that, don't watch this. I think this looks skippable. It doesn't look very good. The trailer 
makes it look like a dollar store DVD quality movie. So for a family movie night, check this out, but otherwise skip it. Luck also gets a five out of 11. Next up, my future friends, we have a movie called The Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Movie. This is a Netflix original. When a mysterious stranger arrives from the future with a dire warning, Leo is forced to rise and lead his brothers Raph, Donnie, and Mikey in a fight to save the world from a terrifying alien species. This features the voices of Ben Schwartz, Omar Benson Miller, Brandon Michael Smith, Josh Brenner, Haley Joel Osment, and Kat Graham. So I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I grew up on, on them. But I, I don't need to watch everything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think what this is, is a movie for, A, the hardcore fans. The people who will take anything TMNT they can get. And also the younger generation. Because if I remember right, this is based off a show or something that came out a while back. That explains the weird design of the turtles and the fact that they have powers now and it just it it did nothing to interest me and that's weird because i i love the teenage mutant ninja turtles but i guess not as much as some probably because i think i'm just gonna skip this and you know what i tried i tried to get pumped about it i tried to watch the trailer more than once and maybe go yeah okay i could see why i would want to watch this but truth be told i don't and that's fine maybe you don't either or maybe you do and guess what if you do and you love it, great. Hell, tell me about it. If you watch it and love it, let me know. Maybe you can change my mind. What's weird, though, is that this movie introduces Casey as if he wasn't a character the whole time and he's from the future and his master, Leo, like dies and sends him on a mission or something and that the aliens are just Krang. It's Krang and his family, I guess. It, it, it just didn't interest me. The Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, next up, we have a movie called 13 Lives, an Amazon original. A rescue mission is assembled in Thailand where a group of young boys and their soccer coach are trapped in a system of underground caves that are flooding. Yes, it's the other one. This stars Viggo Mortensen from The Lord of the Rings, Colin Farrell from In Bruges, Joel Edgerton from The Great Gatsby, and Tom Bateman from Murder on the Orient Express. So yes, this is about the rescue in Thailand, and it looks just so much better. And I do feel bad, because if you notice, the, one of the big differences in me talking about it was the fact that the first movie had no one of note in it, and this movie has an impressive cast. And after I watched the second trailer, or th this trailer, instead of the, uh, the cave one, what was that called again? I already forgot. Cave Rescue. God, you know, that's a terrible name. What are they doing in the movie? Well, they're rescuing kids from a cave. We should call it Cave Rescue. But anyway, I did rewatch the first trailer just to make sure that it wasn't just the cast that made me like the look of this one. But no, this just looks like a better movie. And not just because I think they have a bigger budget, which, come on, Amazon, yes, it has a bigger budget. It actually wasn't the look of it as much as it just... The acting looked better. Everything looked better about this film. It still doesn't look great. And even though this was a, an amazing feat, just saving these kids was crazy. A lot of work, a big risk, well worth a film. This is more of a movie just to keep in your back pocket that one day you're homesick from work. It's a rainy day, nothing to do. And you go, oh yeah, this movie's out. 
It's one of those films that you just save. It's a save for later film. Nothing wrong with those, of course. You could very well watch it later and go, hey, that was really good. But I don't think this is the kind of film that you would lose anything if you don't watch it right away. 13 Lives looks like a better quality film than its predecessor on this list, but still, it's not a must-see. 13 Lives gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have the first of two movies coming to streaming that I think look worth your time, and this one is called They Slash Them. This is a Peacock original movie, of all things. Kevin Bacon plays Owen Whistler in this slasher horror film set at a LGBTQIA conversion camp. Several queer and trans campers join Whistler for a week of programming intended to help them find a new sense of freedom, in quotes. As the camp's methods become increasingly more psychologically unsettling, the campers must work together to protect themselves. When a mysterious killer starts claiming victims, things get even more dangerous. This stars, well, Kevin Bacon from Footloose, Anna Chlumsky from Veep, Theo Germain from The Politician, Quay Tan from Bruh, and Austin Crute from Booksmart. So we have a slasher, and it looks like it's pretty interesting. I always love a good slasher. They're not my favorite type of horror. I, I prefer haunting movies, but slashers are great. The Scream series is fantastic. Halloween, they're all, they're all wonderful films. But what I like about this one is that it's unique. Because we have this conversion camp for queer kids. So right off the bat, that's not good. Those conversion camps are criminal. They're stupid and awful. So right off the bat, we have something to fight against. But not just that, then they actually start losing their lives. And who's behind it? Is it the obvious choice? Kevin Bacon, the head of this conversion camp? He's a type of awful person to try and convert LGBTQ youth, so why not have him be a killer too? But I think that would be too easy. Of course I wouldn't be too upset if it was Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is a sla movie slasher? That'd be pretty cool. But this movie looks interesting. It looks unique and familiar, which is always a wonderful combination. Because let's face it, not a lot of truly unique ideas out there, so what is really important is how they set themselves apart from everything else that came before it, and I think, at least from the looks of the trailer, that they did a good job. This is also on a streaming service that, while you may not have it, maybe you know someone who does, and Peacock isn't as strict as Netflix is with sharing so you can always borrow your friends, or hey, get it for a month, watch stuff, let it lapse, or you know what's better, save this for Halloween. Nothing is better than just getting in the Halloween mood by watching a bunch of horror movies, and I think this is a good one to do early in the season, just in case it's not that great, and the closer you get to Halloween, you can watch those old, reliable films. They Slash Them looks entertaining, it looks new, and it looks fun. And it gets an 8 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie called Prey on Hulu, the origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. This stars Amber Midthunder from Roswell, New Mexico, and Harlan Blaine Kitewehat, I think, from Shorzy. So A, yay, another Predator movie, awesome. A prequel, which I don't care either way, that's fine, whatever. It's not like it's the same Predator each movie, so where it takes place in the timeline doesn't really matter. 
But what's cool is that this takes place in the Comanche Nation 300 years ago, and it has actual Native Americans playing Native Americans. Wow, go figure. But I've watched all the different trailers for this. I think there are two. There's one teaser and two full trailers. All of them look good. Hulu, I think, is woefully underrated because they do do good work. They don't put out as much as Netflix does. But, you know, they do good stuff, too. But they're getting their hands on an already established property, and they're doing something unique with it. And that's what I like. It'd be easy just to make another Predator movie, but to take it in a different direction, but still be familiar enough to be part of the, the, the universe, to be part of the mythos, that is really cool. At the very least, at the very, very least, I think this is going to be a fun movie, but at the most, I think it's going to be good and breathe new life into a dying franchise. So I would 100% give this a try. And the thing about Predator is that it's not really a Halloween time movie, so you can watch this now, unlike a movie like They Slash Them, where I think it would be better if you wait for the spooky season. This one should be fine to watch anytime because it's really more action than horror. Prey gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, we have three movies left to talk about. And the next movie is called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. When a group of rich 20-somethings plan a hurricane party, because that's something you do, at a remote family mansion, a party game turns deadly in this fresh and funny look at backstabbing, fake friends, and one party gone very, very wrong. This stars Mandela Stenberg from The Hate You Give, Maria Bakalova from Borat's subsequent movie film, Pete Davidson from The King of Staten Island, and Lee Pace from Guardians of the Galaxy. So this is A24's newest horror, and A24 now is big enough that we're starting to see a lot of nationwide releases from them. Not a huge amount, but still a, a larger amount than you would think from a studio that focuses on indie films, though of course I'm starting to wonder when they're no longer considered an indie movie company. But anyway, this is a horror spoof, but when it comes to A24, it just makes me think that how funny could it actually be? Because when I think of comedies, I don't think of movies like this. I don't put those two together. I think of art house films. I think of those artsy, a little more pretentious films that come from this studio. Two of my recent favorite horror comedies, The Final Girls, which was a great film, and Happy Death Day. The sequel was stupid, but I still enjoyed it. But those are funny and fun horror movies. Bodies, 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 I get the sense that it's going to be one of those movies that you realize it's funny, that you you can say it like, yes, this is funny. I can see why this is funny. But you don't actually laugh. Maybe you just smile really hard at it. But that doesn't mean it's going to be bad, not at all. It looks like a perfectly fine movie. We have this group of, like, Gen Z hipsters, kind of, hanging out at this mansion for a hurricane party, which I guess is something people do. And they play this game called Bodies, 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 where someone is a killer, no one knows who, and you just kind of walk around, and if you get tapped in the back, you die. And so you lay down, and if someone sees a dead body, they scream, Bodies, 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 and you just try and find out who the killer is before everyone's dead. Knowing A24, there's probably going to be some sort of twist but also A24, not the most reliable. When they get it right, they get it right, but sometimes they release the lighthouse. 
or the Green Knight. That was also pretty bad. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies doesn't look like a bad film, but it also looks like a film you could wait for. A film you could wait till it comes out on streaming or hell, with the price of gas and just everything in general going to the theater, buying it when it comes out instead and taking a risk that way because you can always sell it. It looks like it's worth being put on your list of movies to watch, but nothing that has to be near the front. The vibe I got from the trailer was that this movie doesn't take itself too seriously, but also we don't know what is going to change about the tone or the mood once the killing really starts. Like, once everything starts, is it going to stay a little more lighthearted and jovial, or is it going to get dark? Only one way to tell and that's to watch it. And if, hey, one of you watches it and likes it or hates it, no matter what you think of it, let me know. I'll be here. But Bodies, Bodies, Bodies gets a 7 out of 11. Two movies left, and this last movie before the pick of the week is called Easter Sunday. Set around a family gathering to celebrate Easter Sunday, the comedy is based on Joe Coy's life, experiences, and stand-up comedy. This stars the stand-up comic Joe Coy. Weird, right? Also stars Ava Nobelzada from Yellow Rose, Jay Chandrasekhar from Super Troopers, Tia Carrera from Wayne's World, Eugene Cordero from Tacoma FD, Lou Diamond Phillips from Courage Under Fire, Asif Ali from WandaVision, Jimmy O. Yang from Fantasy Island, and Tiffany Haddish from Night School. So I like Joe Coy. I, I think he's funny. And his style of comedy does focus on being a being an Asian. And even though he's a Filipino, I'm Japanese, there is a little bit of crossover. Not, not a lot, but also it's just relatable family comedy as well. But you probably know if you like Joe Coy or not. If you're not sure, watch one of his stand-up specials. Easy to find them. I think Netflix has them. And that's the kind of comedy you'll get in this movie. It looks like a fun time. It's really weird to me that it's not being released during Easter week or the week leading up to Easter because it's called Easter Sunday. But yeah, okay, fine. Wait for the summer. Sure. Though looking back at it, I just looked back at the release schedule and seeing the movies that came out around that time, I can kind of figure out why Easter Sunday was April 17th, the week before Fantastic Beats The Secret of Dumbledore came out. And too many people are still giving J.K. Rowling money to have that be a good week to release this. And the week after was The Bad Guys, The Northmen, and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And the week before that was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So okay, I can kind of see why they didn't want to release it at that time. Maybe it was a smart move, but did they have to wait so long? Probably not. Easter Sunday looks like a harmless, fun movie. That is, if you like the comedy of Joe Coy. If you think he's funny, then this is worth a watch for you, but let's be honest, this is not the kind of movie you want to see in theaters unless you really want to just go to the theater this week and laugh, in which case, watch this. It's going to be your best bet. For everyone else, we can wait and enjoy it at home. Easter Sunday gets a 7 out of 11. So it's time for the pick of the week, and I, I, I'm predictable. I know. If a comic book movie is coming out, it's probably going to be the pick of the week. I know I justify doing that by the fact that, hey, look, it's going to take full advantage of being on the big screen. Whereas a movie like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies or Prey or They Slash Them or Easter Sunday would be great on the small screen. So even though I may be right, 
I, I still am predictable, and this week I'm just as predictable with a pick of the week being called Bullet Train. Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. This stars Brad Pitt from Interview with a Vampire, Joey King from The Kissing Booth, Karen Fukuhara from The Boys, Sandra Bullock from Gravity, Zazie Beetz from Deadpool 2, Aaron Taylor Johnson from Kick-Ass, Michael Shannon from The Shape of Water, Logan Lerman from The Perks of Being a Wallflower, Hiroyuki Sanada from Sunshine, Brian Tyree Henry from Godzilla vs. Kong, musician Bad Bunny, Andrew Koji from Snake Eyes, and Masi Oka from Heroes. There's a type of movie out there that takes place in a foreign country, but mainly has white people in it. This is not one of those, because even though we have Brad Pitt, Joey King, Michael Shannon, you, you heard the list. Even though we have them, we also have actual, honest to God, Asians, because this is a movie that takes place in Japan. And I like that. And this movie gives me the same vibes as... A wonderful assassin comedy, Smoke and Aces. If you don't remember Smoke and Aces, you should watch the hell out of it. From 2006, with a wonderful cast, including Ryan Reynolds, Jeremy Piven, Ray Liotta, Ben Affleck, Andy Garcia, Chris Pine, and Alicia Keys. That is a great cast right there. But this movie really does give me Smoke and Aces vibes, but it just gives me the feeling that's going to be better somehow. And that could be a job of a good trailer, because I think this movie has a great trailer. Uh, from the very first one, I was hooked. I just love that scene we see with Brad Pitt and Hiroyuki Sanada, and it's great. And while this is a spy thriller, it's not normally the type of movie I would suggest needing to see on the big screen, because there's no like huge explosions wonderful CG, like superheroes doing shit. There's none of that, but this movie looks fun and enjoyable enough that I say, fuck it, go to the theater, spend the money if you have it, and watch this this week. This looks like a lot of fun. I would very much like to see it. I don't think we're going to see it this weekend, but who knows. But Bullet Train looks like a whole lot of fun, and especially because with a movie like this, you, you really can't know where it's going to go. They could kill Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is the main character. He is the, the main assassin. And he could die. He could very well die. We, we don't know which way this movie is going to go. Because sometimes, let's be honest, the more movies you watch, the easier it is to predict things. I don't get that with this one. Because it could literally go in any direction. And that's very exciting. So this movie looks good. Like the, the colors and the cinematography, at least from the trailer, look really good, has proven and reliable actors in it. It's an interesting idea. Why not go see this this week? Bullet Train gets a 9 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that's it for this episode. I just looked at the upcoming movies for the rest of this month, and it doesn't look great, but I still think I'll do episodes, but if I suddenly go missing, it's because I was like, you know what? I want another break, and why not? But hopefully I will be here next week. So let's plan on meeting back same bat time, same bat channel to talk about all of the movies hitting theaters as we always do here. So as always, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. The fact that anyone wants to hear me speak about film just blows my mind. So I appreciate you even giving me a shot. If you are a return listener, thank you so much. And you know what? Reach out. Say hi. 
drop me a line. Find all the ways to contact me in my link tree in the show notes. Give me a movie rec. Ask for a movie rec. Tell me what you think about a movie that I've talked about on the show or just say hi. Whatever it is, reach out to me. I will be here. And my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>